0: The day of the Lord is near for all nations. The prophecies of the book of Joel in the Bible were written more than two and a half millennia ago, and they speak of the nearness of Yom Adonai, the day of the Lord, when the nations that have divided up God's land, the land of Israel, will be judged. And while the prophecies of Joel in the Hebrew scriptures guarantee God's great promises to restore, and prosper his ancient people Israel, Joel also gave the world a vital truth that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if the day of the Lord was near in Joel's day, just think how much closer it is now. On top of all of this, Israel's chief rabbis are talking about the imminent coming of Messiah. And this should make believing Christians sit up and take notice. Because, in fact, the second coming of Jesus is imminent.
1: The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. That prophecy of Ezekiel has become reality in our generation The story of Israel is part of the ministry of the Jerusalem Channel. Please consider making a special gift to continue our media ministry through our website, the Jerusalem Channel app, or by mail.
0: I'm Christine Dark. We live in amazing prophetic times and oh, for the church to have eyes to see and ears to hear what's going on. Consider this quote from Israel Today magazine. Top rabbis, look at the signs. Messiah is coming. He's already at the door. This according to a leading Israeli Torah scholar. That quote from leading rabbis who are not even thinking at all about Jesus nevertheless sound like verses from the New Testament, revealing the fact that the New Testament is expressed in Jewish messianic prose. Israel's rabbi Shlomo Amar is the Moroccan-born former Sephardic chief rabbi who is presently the chief Sephardic rabbi of Jerusalem. Jews from around the world look to him as a leader. And Rabbi Amar spoke stunning words at a recent gathering. He listed significant signposts of the coming of Messiah that he says are impossible to ignore, including the fact that Israel just seems incapable of electing a stable government. He said it's also impossible to ignore that America's President Trump has given unprecedented support to Israel, just as history's King Cyrus was stirred by God to aid the Jewish people in his day. And a third sign that Rabbi Omar said is impossible to ignore is that kings of the world came up to Jerusalem as Israel commemorated 75 years since the liberation of the death camps in Auschwitz. In fact, the Israeli capital had never seen such preparations for the arrival of kings, potentates, and leaders with airplanes, security convoys, and red carpets all massively coordinated to welcome the kings, princes, and leaders from the nations, men such as Britain's Prince Charles and Russia's President Putin, who were accommodated in the various royal and presidential suites of Jerusalem's famous King David Hotel. Rabbi Amar said, these are things we never dreamed of. How can these things be if not as preparation for the coming of the Messiah? Rabbi Amar then recounted remarks that he had heard in the name of the famous Rabbi Chaim Kiniefsky, one of Israel's most prominent Torah scholars. In last week's program, I mentioned that Rabbi Kiniefsky has gone on record saying that he believes the Messiah is alive and he claims actually to be in contact with him. Reportedly, Rabbi Kinyevsky has said that the Messiah is standing at the door. Again, this is wordage that parallels the New Testament. Meanwhile, Rabbi Amar said that recently he had attended a wedding in Israel, where he saw his mentor, another rabbi of considerable fame, and the mentor had told Rabbi Amar that not so long ago he had wanted to go abroad. And so he went to Rabbi Kinyevsky to inform him that he would be traveling abroad. But Rabbi Kinyevsky was shocked and rebuked him, saying, All the great rabbis of this generation are saying that the Messiah is about to reveal himself. All the signs the prophets gave predicted in the Gemara, the Mishnah, the Midrash. Everything is taking place one by one. And you don't know that the Messiah is about to arrive? Well... Rabbi Kenevsky insisted that the rabbi should remain in Israel and await Messiah rather than traveling abroad, and so he stayed. Well, presently, the ultra-Orthodox rabbis are urging their followers everywhere to commit themselves to Torah observances, in particular, keeping the Shabbat. This is due to the fact that Orthodox Judaism has long taught that the Messiah will only come once all Jews are sanctifying the Shabbat. Increasingly, these rabbis are talking about wearing garments worthy of greeting the Messiah. One famous rabbi said he was wearing the special garment that his father had set aside to greet the Messiah. However, the Bible teaches that God will fulfill prophecy according to God's faithfulness and according to God's own time schedule for the sake of His covenants and His glory. Well, the magazine article reported something absolutely fascinating to me, noting how closely the various exhortations of the rabbis to stay alert, to be dressed in holy garments, and to watch for Messiah ironically echo the very words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, where the Lord said, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. Then you will be like servants waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks on the door, they can open for him at once. And blessed are those servants whom the master finds on watch when he returns. You also must be ready, Jesus said, because the Son of Man will come at an hour that you are not expecting. Well, after a lifetime of teaching Torah to the masses, Rabbi Knievsky made headlines four years ago when he suddenly began announcing in a distinctly uncharacteristic manner that the Messiah's arrival was imminent. At first, many of his followers believed the rabbi was speaking in a general manner because Jews have always anticipated the arrival of the Messiah at any moment. However, Rabbi Knievsky continued to make these announcements about the Messiah's imminent appearing, and so it soon became apparent that he was referring to a specific event that he believes is really about to happen. Furthermore, just days after Rabbi Amar recently made his disclosures, another revered rabbi, Rabbi Avner Efchen, expressed a similar view about the imminence of Messiah in an interview. He's a spiritual leader to a growing number of Orthodox Jews across Europe and the United States. Rabbi Elfkin also is convinced that what has happened in Israel over the past year is most definitely a sign of the coming of Messiah. It would be advisable at this time, he said, to study Torah and to pray. Also, recently Israeli radio featured prominent rabbis explaining that the Messiah is just about to be revealed. One of these rabbis on the radio actually stated that Rabbi Knievsky claimed to be in direct contact already with the Messiah and had tasked the radio rabbi with informing the public of the Messiah's imminent arrival. The radio broadcast said that getting the word out now that the Messiah is closer than ever is a matter of life and death. And this is because the Gog and Magog war prophesied in the book of Ezekiel is going to happen very soon, they said, adding that the situation is explosive more than you can possibly imagine. Then one of the rabbis said, everyone needs to know whether they are on the inside or if they are going to be left out. Well, that comment made me instantly think of who's going to be taken to heaven by the Lord during the rapture before the period the Bible calls the Great Tribulation and who is going to be left behind. You see, the rabbis on the radio unknowingly paralleled spiritual talk in Christian circles about the return of the Lord and the doctrine called the rapture. The late Rabbi Itzhak Kaduri, of Blessed Memory, one of Israel's most revered sages, as well as Rabbi Menachem Sneerson, both predicted that Benjamin Netanyahu would be Israel's last prime minister prior to the Messianic age. Of course, we know that no rabbinic prophecy is guaranteed to be fulfilled, except prophecies recorded in this book, the Bible. Nevertheless, many, if not most, of the ultra-Orthodox Jews in Israel reportedly believe it to be true about Netanyahu's legacy. So you may be wondering, why is it when evangelical Christians are watching for the second coming of Jesus that Jesus' soon return is not on the radar whatsoever of these God-fearing Orthodox rabbis. They are looking for a Messiah, yes, but not for the second coming of Jesus. That is the furthest thing from their minds at this point in time. Their expectations are as great for the coming of the Messiah the first time as Christians are for Jesus' second coming. But Bible-believing Christians have to understand that Jesus was discounted by the spiritual leaders of Israel because he was only fulfilling the suffering servant aspects of Bible prophecy at his first coming. The Messiah was also prophesied to be lion-like, a warrior king who would deliver Israel from oppression. And the tribe of Judah was prophesied to bring forth a lion-like leader with a kingly scepter to cause nations to bow down. He would be a strong, powerful personality. In fact, as one theologian put it, the Jews in the time of Jesus expected their Messiah to be a lion of a man. That's why it was so very hard for them to understand Jesus' mission when he first came. They expected this lion king to destroy the Romans, the Greeks and the pagans. So to them, Jesus was not fierce and lion-like. Instead, Jesus insisted on going about healing everybody and saying that his kingdom is not of this world. He came first as the Lamb of God to make atonement. But on his second and final mission, he will be the lion, a roaring judge who will tear his enemies. In fact, Jesus is called in the apocalyptic book of Revelation 5.5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David and that is widely regarded as a reference to the second coming. The book of Revelation depicts his future work as one of great boldness and fierceness. Meanwhile, prophetic events continue to shake the Middle East. After the recent horrific bombing in Beirut, the rabbi at King David's tomb on Mount Zion, Rabbi Yosef Berger, told breaking Israel news that there was clearly a high level of God's judgment involved in the explosion. The rabbi mentioned that the Iranian-backed Hezbollah enemies of Israel have fired rockets at Israel's cities and have more than 100,000 rockets standing ready to launch at Israel. The rabbi cited the prophet Isaiah, noting that this harsh judgment that happened in Beirut marked the age of redemption. With multiple explosions also recently happening in Iran and now the major explosion in Lebanon, that rabbi at King David's tomb said that we're in a season where God is acting behind the scenes without Israel having to lift a finger. Even the Ezekiel war of Gog and Magog that will come from the north will look like a war, but it will in fact be a judgment that will defeat the invaders who dare to come against Israel. And whether knowingly or unknowingly, they're coming against God himself. Because of the world's preoccupation with the coronavirus, the recent blast in Beirut of a warehouse of ammonia nitrate got much less attention than it deserved. Rabbi Laser Brody wrote an opinion piece for Israel National News with a headline in which he claimed that the Beirut blast wasn't supposed to take place in Beirut. He claimed that Hezbollah missiles tipped with ammonia nitrate were planned to be a Hiroshima-type holocaust to level Israel's Haifa Bay area. The rabbi pointed out that King David said in Psalm 716 that our enemy digs a pit but he himself falls into it. The rabbi also emphasized that the Lebanese with its diverse Muslim and Christian communities are not Israel's enemy but rather the enemy is the tyrannical Iranian-backed Hezbollah terrorists. Rabbi Brody pointed out that the same roadside Ammonia nitrate-based bombs that wound and kill so many Israeli soldiers are the type of bombs that have also killed and maimed American soldiers in Afghanistan. Now another rabbi, Matiyahu Glazerson, is a leading expert in Bible codes, and he often uses software to search for clues embedded in equidistant letters in the Torah. Recently, he described some of his findings relating to the Beirut catastrophe. Remarkably, he found a grid centered around a Bible verse, Exodus 14.24, which describes the pillar of fire and cloud that protected the Israelites in the desert when they departed from Egypt. The rabbi discovered various lines pinpointing and spelling out the current Hebrew year 5780, and the name Lebanon, all in Hebrew of course, he also found the names of the terrorist organization Hezbollah, as well as Amalek, the perpetual enemy of Israel. And their close proximity on the grid symbolizes their perverse spiritual connection and hatred of Israel. Well, I'm constantly disappointed in some anti-Semitic comments that I read in the social media made by people claiming to be Christians. It's so very vital for the church to understand that God has made unconditional covenants and promises to Israel. And because of his faithful character, God will keep his promises to them at this time. Abraham, the father of faith, believed the Lord, and it was credit to him as righteousness. The Lord told him, I brought you out of Ur the Chaldeans to give you the promised land to possess. But Abram replied, Lord God, how can I know that I will actually possess it? And so in Genesis chapter 15, God himself cut an unconditional covenant with Abraham, promising to give him the land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. Now let's fast forward to the prophet Joel in the Bible, he foresaw the future period in the end times when the Jewish people will rend their hearts in sincere repentance and cry out to God for their redemption. Joel chapter 2 says, Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, saying, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a reproach, an object of scorn amongst the nations. Why should the people say, where is their God? And continuing with verse 18, Then the Lord became jealous for his land, and he spared his people. He answered, I will never again make you a reproach amongst the nations. I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. You will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. And then you will know that I am present in Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. And afterward, now here come verses quoted by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, to explain events that happened at that time in Jerusalem. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions." I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. This verse about columns of smoke is being quoted by various rabbis concerning the explosions in Lebanon and in Iran. But in addition to the signs of Holy Spirit outpourings and columns of smoke, many sages and Bible teachers believe that we have already witnessed another sign prophesied here in Joel, Chapter 2 and verse 31. The sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, that great and terrible day. You see here, Joel mentions a blood moon in connection with the day of the Lord. And since 2014, we have experienced four blood moons called a tetrad, which is very rare. Joel prophesied the sun will be turned to darkness, referring to various solar eclipses as well, and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for on Mount Zion in, in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has promised among the remnant called by the Lord. Amen. So God is a promise-keeping God. He will surely keep every one of these promises to the Jewish people as well as believers from the nations. Nevertheless, He expects us and wants us to partner with Him to see these prophecies come to pass. And that is why God says in Isaiah chapter 62, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. And so this is a highly serious time, a time of impending judgment for the nations that are responsible for partitioning his land. Listen to the beginning of Joel chapter three. In those days, the last days, and at that time, the end time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, God says, I'm going to gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There, I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people amongst the nations and divided up my land. For sure, in my lifetime, the world has seen The fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem in the process of being restored in the midst of much opposition. Yet, as Joel prophesies here, the pastures in the wilderness have become green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vineyards are yielding their riches. During the time of the great tribulation in the future, leading up to the second coming of Jesus to rule this world, God is going to continue to show his faithfulness to Israel by sovereignly electing 144,000 evangelists from the 12 tribes of Israel who are going to preach the everlasting gospel. This is what the book of Revelation teaches. Some scholars have claimed that these are evangelists from the church, but by then the church age will have been finished and God would be in the process of restoring the kingdom again to Israel. You say, How can there be 144,000 evangelists from the various tribes of Israel when many of these tribes have been lost after the destruction of the second temple? But God, who knows all things, knows who they are and where they are. Records are not lost to God. These evangelists in the future will be powerfully sealed, meaning that they cannot be killed during the tribulation. And the book of Revelation informs us that they will bring about a revival Despite the ongoing tyranny of the Antichrist at that time, and there will be a great multitude from every tribe and tongue praising God, which nobody can number. In light of Bible prophecy being fulfilled at such a fast pace, how should we be living our lives? Well, I believe we should be very watchful concerning the return of Jesus in work while it's daytime, despite growing opposition. Indeed, the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament that all who want to live a godly life in Messiah Jesus will be persecuted. Recently, a woman wrote to me requesting prayer for some of the unspeakable things that she was suffering concerning her family. And I told her, without Jesus in our lives, we would just be devastated. I pray for you that the Lord will become your companion and your comfort while you wait for him to sort out your sorrows as only he can do. Yes, I agreed with her and I agree with you that we, sh- we don't deserve sometimes to be treated the way we are, but please let's not try to give in to self-pity, which is so easy to do. We have to realize that we're living in this world in a battle zone and there are spiritual forces out to steal our reputation, our happiness, our marriages, our children, our employment, our everything. But these spiritual forces will not be permitted to operate forever. The Lord will return soon and set up His kingdom, and things will be entirely different. In the meantime, you and I are in a spiritual boot camp for rulership. That means we must soldier on and cheerfully endure hurtful, difficult experiences, not becoming bitter or resentful, so that we can be proven worthy to rule with the Lord in the ages to come. I'm not preaching at you because I, too, have had my fair share of heartaches. And these are allowed to test us and to make us into better, more compassionate persons. Eventually, as we pray and trust God in the face of heartbreaking disappointments, He does prove Romans 8:28 in our lives. And that verse says that the Lord is working everything together for our good, for those who love God and who are the called according to His purposes. Now, in the Hebrew Scriptures, there are about 300 prophecies about Messiah, about His first and second comings. Jesus upbraided the religious leaders of His day because they were unable to correctly interpret the signs. And one of the reasons the church is not being influential in society right now is that the church has tragically stopped heralding the soon return of the Lord and preparing for the way of the Lord. But in this ministry, we're doing all we can to turn the focus back on his imminent appearing. So these are perilous times, but God promises to see us through. And Joel 2.13 commands us to rend our hearts and not our garments. And the commentaries say it's the work of ministers to warn people of the fatal consequences of sin. So let's return to the Lord our God, because Joel said he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, in abandoning in love, and he will relent from sending calamity when we repent. Amen. And remember the prophet Joel said that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Jewish apostles in the New Testament took that to mean the Lord Jesus as Messiah, as Romans 10 13 declares. I want to draw your attention to our website exploits.tv which reports on current and end-time events relating to the church and the nation of Israel, and at our website, also at our Jerusalem Channel YouTube site, we have a library of videos 24-7. And we invite you to sign up for our free electronic magazine called Exploits, based upon Daniel 11:32, which declares that the people who know their God are going to be strong to accomplish exploits, meaning that we're going to do the works of the Lord in the remaining time before His imminent return. I want to leave you today with Joshua 1.9 as an exhortation for comfort and strength. The Lord said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Feel free to share your thoughts with me on the social media or on your phones or tablets through our free Jerusalem Channel mobile app. Until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darg. Shalom and Maranatha.